If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Great to have you here on today's podcast. And I love doing this and having an opportunity to join with you each day on each weekday, I should say, five days a week. And there are certain trends I want to make sure you're prepared for here in 21. And one of them is the Federal Reserve that always saw as a core mission for itself was not to allow the economy to get to a point where it would generate inflation. And right now, they're much more interested and having the economy have more strength than they are worried about inflation. And so you're going to see some things potentially cost you more. One in particular is these ultra-low mortgage rates that we've had that have bounced along uh, record bottoms week after week after week through 20. We're likely to see higher mortgage rates in 21, not all at once and not always, but that the trend will likely be higher. And that's because there are more expectations built in of uh, federal deficit spending and more inflationary pressures in the economy, which means that people that are lending money have to overcome their fears of inflation eroding what they'd earn. So they demand more interest, and this originates in the treasury market, which is kind of like CDs for rich people and institutions, and then filters into mortgage rates. There are times that experts will predict mortgage rates moving higher or lower, and they'll turn out to be flat out wrong. That could happen again, but the likelihood is that rates will remain very, very favorable, but not at the incredibly low rates that we've had in recent months. So the more you shop, the better you're going to do as you are shopping for a mortgage, particularly first-time home buyers, tend to only go to a single mortgage lender, and you're going to pay more for that loan in costs and potentially in rate If you don't shop the market, you want to play one lender against another and especially do that with refinances because in a market that the rates may be putting a little bit of squeeze on your wallet in 21, you want to do as much as you can to fight back for your wallet and you do that by shopping. Um, Another thing that is likely headed higher is gasoline prices. And this is the opposite of what I said six weeks ago. There are specialized factors that have led to roughly a 50 cent a gallon increase in wholesale prices. Core of this is that OPEC producers, through their cartel, have been limiting supplies that they're pumping out of the ground 
to soak up excess supplies of oil in the marketplace that were depressing prices. And so that has led to higher prices for us. In addition, people drove more during the winter cycle than people usually do, particularly in the United States. So travel by vehicle is still down in the United States, an appreciable percent. But also a lot of oil activity in the oil patch has declined in the United States. And so that's why we're seeing higher prices, even at a time that overall driving is still down and certainly not what I expected. But as happens with oil markets, eventually they do self-correct and the recent spikes in prices will moderate and maybe reverse at some point not too far in the future. Our normal patterns, though, are broken. If you remember the normal pattern in March, as weather starts to get warmer in the United States, prices tend to march higher all the way through the 4th of July and then start a steady decline after the 4th of July through the rest of the year This year, all bets are off, all patterns out the window. Um, One other thing I meant to mention on mortgages and forgot. So there are new rules that slipped up during the Christmas holiday season concerning um, getting a mortgage on a vacation property, particularly in a condo or a tightly controlled homeowners association community, that if that condo or homeowners association community allows short-term rentals through Airbnb or other platforms like VRBO or HomeAway, that that community can lose its access to traditional conventional mortgages. Not just the units that rent out short-term, the entire condominium complex or the entire homeowners association community can lose its access to traditional conventional financing, which means potentially more difficulty selling a property as it becomes harder and more expensive for a buyer to get financing. What this is going to do, unless this is overturned at some point, is it will lead to a very large a number of condo associations and homeowners associations banning short-term rentals, which means that if you are somebody looking at buying property specifically to have it in the marketplace for short-term rentals, you need to be able to make the economics work if you are forced instead to do long-term rentals. If the numbers still don't work, then you don't buy the place. It's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And Joel, what you got for me? All right, Clark, this one comes from Patrick in Georgia. He says, I keep getting phone calls from Mark, who's buying homes from Washington State, and asked uh, asked Patrick to call him. He says, one, I don't live in Washington. Two, I don't own any property anywhere. Three, I tried replying to his voicemail by text, but when it, because whenever I call the number, it's always busy. Explaining these issues and asking him to remove my number from his call list. The second text I sent him, I told him not to call me anymore. Does this count as a do not call situation, even though it was by text and not acknowledged? And if so, who do I need to get in touch with to report him? Because he's calling me every day. So 
I have not heard what's behind these calls from Mark. <laughs> but the thing is, junk phone callers generally uh, flout the do not call list, don't care what the law allows for, and are running some kind of scheme. So I'm particularly interested that when you try the number, that it's always busy. So why don't we do some detective work? Did we get the phone number from him? Let's see. Did he list the phone number there? No, no phone number listed, but right. I'll, I'll reach out to Why don't you contact him back? Why don't we do some sleuthing, and then we can do a follow-up on what exactly the deal is behind this. But um, I'm sure it's not something to your advantage. I've Kristen. been getting so many of those too. <laughs> the same from the same Not from Mark. Mark, just... Mark hasn't called me. I don't think he's found my number, but just people saying I'm buying. I've recently bought houses in your area. I'm interested. That kind of thing. Yeah, that that that's something that's going around a big way too. And like I, I've been getting a, a bunch of those, and and I think mostly what those people want is is they want to offer you way less than market mm-hmm. value for oh, you're talking about worth. the whole lowball thing when people are desperate to sell mm-hmm. completely the key market for them are people who have inherited a house mm-hmm. or are getting elderly or whatever and then they a house may need a lot of repairs and they take advantage of somebody's emotional or physical exhaustion and make those low balls okay well trisha in iowa says i currently have a sam's club mastercard i would like another no annual fee credit card looking for a two percent cash back one the City Double Cash Card is also a MasterCard, and I know you recommend one Visa and one MasterCard. I don't have a Fidelity or a Lion account, and PayPal is a Visa, but a Synchrony Bank product, same as Sam's Club. <clears throat> is it more important to have a MasterCard and a Visa or to get the 2% instead of the Alliant account? So, like, so I don't care if somebody has uh, two Visas or two MasterCards or two whatever it's really having them from different issuers. So if you have the Sam's Club MasterCard that, is that who issues it? Is Synchrony? They used to have the Walmart business too. Let me look at my, I haven't even noticed who issues my Sam's Club MasterCard. And it is Synchrony Bank. Uh, anyway, um, if you get the City Double Cash, you would have a card from Citibank. The fact that they're both MasterCards is not the relevant thing. The fact that they're issued by two different financial institutions, that's core and key, and you'd have your 2% cash back using the city double cash. Joel? Clark Jeff in Ohio says, Hey Clark, I've seen several people on the internet suggesting that I use a home equity line of credit to get out of a 30-year mortgage in only five to seven years. I would love to get your thoughts on this before I jump in though. Oh man, what is this thing? This this idea originated from Australia. Now, lots of great things in Australia. This is not one of the good exports. This thing will not go away. It becomes really in for a while. We get a lot of questions about it, and then it kind of fades into oblivion, and then it comes back again. Okay, so here's the whole pitch. They tell you, why pay a mortgage for 20 or 30 years? Instead, you can be mortgage debt-free in just a very short period of time. Give up that incredibly low fixed-rate mortgage you have and go into a floating-rate home equity line of credit, which is a horrendous idea right now, 
And what you do is it is an account where your money from your paycheck and other income you have and whatever all goes into one account that is your home equity line and your deposit account all in one. And the idea is you're paying a daily interest instead of regular interest. And their math looks compelling because everything's about wiping out the mortgage but ignores all the other things you need to do in life, which is pay down other forms of debt, build up savings, build up um, money and investments, retirement accounts like Roth IRAs, 401ks, blah, 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 blah. This is a solution looking for a problem that does not exist if it's something you got by email, delete it. If it's something you're seeing on social media, ignore it. And if it's something that came in the traditional mail, recycle it. And coming up next on today's podcast, we're going to talk about what people are doing about the massive cost of medical care. It may not be for you, but it is something that's a choice that more and more Americans are making. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Remember, when you need advice for your wallet, check out Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. You also can get advice from our team members in the Team Clark Consumer Action Center that are available to serve you Monday to Thursday, where you can get free, away-from-the-show advice one-on-one from a member of our team. And this is something we've been doing now for 20 eight years answering your questions off the show one-on-one and you can see the phone number the hours all the details for the team clark consumer action center at clark.com so i have been an advocate for i don't know 15 20 years of people who either can't afford an operation they really need or a procedure or their insurance still would leave them with a large out-of-pocket they're ignoring their health because of the outrageous costs of medical care in the united states i have encouraged people to consider going outside the united states for medical and dental care Dental care has become a giant industry for Americans 
outside of the United States. Uh, people in large numbers around the United States go to Costa Rica for dental care that they have not generally been doing during coronavirus. So I saw a story in the New York Times that Americans are going in very large numbers to Mexico for dental care. And there are a number of communities in Mexico that even have uh, names in Spanish that are about that what they are about is medical care for Amer- I'm sorry, dental care for Americans. And with people having lost their health care by the millions during coronavirus, Americans are also going to other places for medical care because there are a very large number of medical facilities in other countries that meet world standards for health care but give more personalized care and attention when you have a procedure or an operation outside the United States. People will go for things like knee replacements at uh, 20% of the cost in the United States. People will go for um, various heart operations, and very often they'll go to Thailand or India for these things. And you go to a facility where you have a private duty nurse just for you, 24 hours a day, completely different than what we're used to with how stretched and overworked nurses are on a hospital floor in the United States, where they are really taken advantage of by the hospital systems, giving them too many patients to cover, and patient care suffers, as do the patients who suffer. Now, the reason I've always been such a fierce advocate of people going outside the United States for medical care is the medical industry in the United States has not responded to market forces at all to this point. And so if your wallet cannot afford the cost of medical care in the United States, going overseas is normally a viable alternative. And I have been quiet about this for the last 10 months because of the coronavirus uh, epidemic. But we are in the midst of our worst outbreak of coronavirus in the United States. We are clearly in the darkest before the dawn phase. As we got more shots in people's arms, we're going to be in much better shape with coronavirus. And people are going to be able to resume medical tourism travel. And know that your only choice is not the American medical system that is inefficient, poorly run, and obscenely overpriced, with by far the highest medical care costs in the world, and it's something that awaits a solution. You know, we spend so much time arguing in the United States about how we're going to insure people, and what are we going to do about the high cost of insurance and all the rest which is only a symptom of the core problem, and that is the inefficiency of our medical industry in the United States that has led to embedded self-interest that have raised the prices in the United States 
way far above world levels, even compared to fellow highly developed countries. We have a broken system that needs to be fixed. But in the meantime, when you're suffering from pain or discomfort and there's a treatment or surgery you cannot afford in the United States, I've got steps at Clark.com when the time comes where you can find reputable facilities that you can go to in other countries to get the care that you need at a tiny fraction of the cost of the broken American medical industry. It's time for your questions. And Krista, what you got for me? Clark, Marty in Florida says, I hear more and more commercials for home title insurance. The commercials state that this is an ever-increasing threat and homeowners won't know that they have a problem until the collection threats show up in the mailbox or the calls start coming in. Also, the commercials state that this is an unlikely event, but it is good to have the insurance just in case. Is this a real problem and is title insurance necessary? So title insurance is different from what's being pitched in these radio commercials. Title insurance is something that you're offered or should be offered at the time that you close on a home. When you take out a mortgage, you are required to buy what's known as a lender's title policy that protects the lender in the event that the uh, lawful transfer and ownership of a property was legally conveyed to you The lenders want to be protected, and you pay the premium to protect them. Well, at that time, you can do a piggyback, or what's known as an owner's title policy, at a very low cost that protects your down payment and the payments you make over the years if there's ever a challenge to your title. What's being pitched in these radio ads is a different thing. That is title fraud for a home that was successfully, properly, legally sold to you, where criminals impersonate you and then pretend to be you to strip the equity from your home. This is an extremely, extremely rare occurrence, and we get questions about it every single week, which means advertising is effective that we get so many questions. As to whether or not you should buy it, We checked with five different real estate attorneys who were unanimous in their opposition to you paying for this coverage. What you should know is now more and more counties in the United States have a registry service where you can be notified by email or text if there's any action on your title in their jurisdiction and you will have early warning quicker than you'd have with one of these policies that somebody is playing games trying to strip you of the equity you have built up in your home. Joel? Clark Tom in North Carolina says, I have no debt. I owe no one. I paid cash for my home 28 years ago. I pay off any credit card balances when they're due. My FICO score is currently 800. In order to raise my score uh, nearer to 850, though, I have to take out a loan or go into debt. Why? I thought the perfect score showed that you were fiscally responsible. I feel like the concept of FICO is oxymoronic. Okay, so first of all, did you get upset if you ever got less than 100 on a test in school? Having an 800 credit score is like having a 95 average through school. You're in great shape. 
In fact, once you're above 760 to 780, you are golden. Any loan you want, you're fine for. So ignore that stuff that says you don't have sufficient lines of credit and that that lowered your score all the way to an 800. You're great. Um, You don't need to take out additional lines. You have those credit cards. If you want to manipulate your score up uh, 20 points or so, Krista can tell you how to do that right now because I drive her crazy with our company credit cards doing that. Yeah, you can pay off your balances before they even hit. So you keep your, your balances at zero. You make payments if you make any purchases. So you keep your utilization, which it counts for roughly a third of your credit score. You keep those as close to zero as you can, usually two or three percent. And that will give a little bit of a booster shot to your score. But you're good. You're fine just where you are right now. And doctor, heal thyself. Is that right? Yes. I need to remember that for myself, that um, my credit score is just fine. It sits in the 800s, and I don't need to try to get it above you don't 835. Borrow. Sorry? You don't borrow money anyway. Well, I use credit cards, which is, uh, I use them as a payment system, but it is legally technically a form okay. of borrowing so. well one more um, speaking of credit jane in georgia says would it help my credit score if i got rid of credit cards that i don't really use they just sit there with zeros next to them year after year uh no it would not help you in fact what would help you and you could hurt yourself by closing those accounts that haven't had activity of late is for you to use those occasionally so they show activity because uh, Remember what I said just saying, you know, roughly a third, it's actually 30% of what makes up your score is your utilization of credit. If you close accounts, it then raises your utilization, the percent of your available credit you're using, which would have the effect of lowering your overall score. So I'd rather you keep those cards and just occasionally use them, not very often, keep some active and available in your credit scoring and your mix. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, right below you can see how to click to subscribe. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, subscribe and share it with other people too. Share with people you know. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, subscribe and share it with other people. If you didn't like something we did on this podcast, let us know by going to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks.